Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks so much for tuning into Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena. Now, I know that you spend a significant portion of your life at work, so I'm on a mission to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And I'm very excited to welcome my special guest to the show today, Chelly Campbell. Chelly, welcome. Thank you so much. It's delightful to be here today. I'm eager to dive into a juicy conversation, and I want to tell our listening audience a little bit more about you, Chelly. You are the creator of the popular Financial Stress Reduction Workshops, and now you teach that as an eight-week telecourse, and it's attended by people all over the world. And you've written many books, but today we're going to zero in on From Worry to Wealthy, A Woman's Guide to Financial Success without the stress. My dear, this is right up our alley. Let's hear about it. Tell me, what prompted you to write this book? Well, I had written two other financial books and they were well received. But in the work that I do with coaching women around finances, I just saw so many specific issues that they were carrying with them that were getting in the way of them making the most money. So I wanted to specifically address those concerns and help women everywhere just enjoy their money, have a lot more of it, and do the work they love with passion and joy. You know, thank you for giving our listeners and, and frankly, women everywhere permission to enjoy their money. I think women have very unique gender-based issues surrounding money, right? And and I'm just so, so pleased that you are championing this cause for women because we should enjoy it. We we work really hard and we deserve to reap the benefits of our hard work. It was so amazing when I was writing this book, how many pieces of information came through to me right on time. Like I would read the LA Times and here's an article about a study that an insurance group had done about the attitudes women had towards money. And 49% of American women are terrified of becoming a bag lady. Wow, wow. Is there, what, what else did that study reveal? I mean, is there a reason why? Is it job security? Is it just that they're not managing their finances? It's not about managing them. A lot of people are the major breadwinner. Yeah. A lot of women are. And they still have this push-pull issue. They love it. They hate it yeah. with money. Because the reason is what they found in the study was that 42% of women felt that they wouldn't be liked if they made a lot of money. Wow. Now that's, that's fascinating. They, Yes, and 32%, I think, said that they felt that women who had a lot of money were arrogant and rude and didn't have many friends. Wow, so there's some social issues there, too. Wow. Huge, huge. So it's like, what a catch-22. Absolutely. If if you don't make enough money, you're going to be a bag lady, but if you make a lot of money, nobody will like you. Mm. So let's dig a little deeper, Chelly. What's what's the number one, and there are probably so many, right? But let's isolate one financial pitfall for women. It's not asking for enough money. Mm. 
Yeah. There's actually a book that I read that's wonderful called Women Don't Ask. I love that book. I know it well. Yeah. Oh, it was so illuminating. There were things that I knew instinctively from the work that I did. But here were actual studies and statistics and a collation of all that women think and feel and do with money. Even when they're advised to negotiate their salary, they're not practiced at it like men are. And men are encouraged and socialized to, yes, you're supposed to ask for more money. And women kind of expect to be given the money because they work hard and can't everybody see. Right, right. You should reward my work because you see how well I'm doing. So let's let's think about that, right? So in, in my career coaching perspective, right, through that lens, I actually coach women on how to ask, right, and how to be more comfortable. And I know you are also a speaker and a coach and a brilliant author. So what advice do you give for women about how to ask for more? Well, part of the reason that women don't ask is because they don't have the right information. Yeah. Like, what does this job usually pay? And we're really fortunate now that we have the Internet where we can search out those kinds of answers. But what we have to do is, see, women will ask for their bottom line Mm -hmm. because they want to get picked They want to get the job. And money isn't usually the major focus for them. They want to like their job. They want to work with great people. They want to do things they think are contributing to society. So we think, well, we can't have it all. So I'll give up on the money part because I want to get this job. So they figure out the bottom line that they, they have to get in order to still eat. And then they ask for that. And the person on the other side of the desk is thinking they know the negotiating game. And Mm -hmm. they'll just say, oh, no, I can't pay that. How about this? And they try and go lower. Well, when they ask you to go lower than your bottom line, you get mad. Mm -hmm. And that's where women get stuck. We have to get the courage to ask for the sun, the moon, and the stars and then settle for just the moon. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but just as you said, you're not going to get it if you don't ask, right? Exactly. And people will respect you more for asking for more money than asking for less. I agree. I agree. And I've always told clients as well, women and men, but especially women, even if you don't get it, you change the persona that you're putting out into the world just by asking, right? So you didn't lose anything by asking. No, the worst that can happen if you go for it is, I always think I have a 50-50 shot of getting a yes. Right, right. If if I don't go for it, I have a zero shot of getting a yes. Exactly, exactly. So, Chelly, I want to take this in a different angle. In the book, you talk about traditional advice that women get from financial experts, right? Those who make their living advising other about their about their finances. So you encourage women to ignore that traditional advice. Tell us more. Oh gosh, this is a real bone to pick with me because I just see all the financial advisors out there giving such boneheaded advice mm. in terms of everything is all about saving for retirement. Okay, so when people ask me, well, how much do I need to save for retirement? I go, okay, so get the number in your head of exactly how much money you have now. Okay, got that? That plus $10 million ought to do it. 
Yeah. Because it isn't all about saving for retirement. Only yeah. 8% of the population actually makes enough money to be able to save enough to live right. for 50 years. Right, right. So a game where only 8% of the population is winning at is a broken game. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a financial advisor to help you with investments and saving some money. But this idea that there's this mythical line of 65 where we're supposed to stop everything and sit back. Do you know that retirement is such a wasteland that the average retiree watches 49 hours of television a week? Holy smokes. That's amazing to me. Well, but not surprising. Wow. Yeah. But that's not the, the life I want to grow into. That's not my goal. Right. Right. See, people think, oh, retirement, I'm going to travel. I'm going to, okay, after you've taken five trips, then what? Then what? Yep, exactly. I right. have to do something with meaning attached, mm -hmm. something that I love. And I noticed that you talk about whether you have a job, a career, or a calling. Find yes. out what your calling is. Women are so talented at this. We have callings. Identify it and also see how people will pay you to do it, it and don't go. benefit from it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I believe that you can monetize your calling, and it's not one or the other. You can do both. Yes, you can, and you should monetize your calling, and I'll tell you why. When I give away my advice for free, people hear it, and they're amused at the jokes and whatever, but they don't do the work. Yeah. And just knowledge without works is dead, okay? Uh -huh. You've got to actually put these things into practice. So when people pay me, they go, uh-oh, I've paid a lot of money for this information, so I better do what she tells me and see if it works. Wow. And wow. then it does work, and then they're happy, and we're both delighted. Exactly, exactly. So, Chelly, in the book you talk about how women should have three budgets. Tell me yes. more. Well, most people don't even have one budget, okay? And I have a reframe for the word budget. B-U-D-G-E-T stands for baby, you deserve getting everything. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah, maybe not all today. So we have to make a plan. So the first budget you have is the budget that's reality-based. That's the one that's today. How much money is really coming in and what are you spending it on? That's medium budget. Then the third, the second budget is low budget. Low budget is, oh, not enough money is coming in right now or I'm saving for the down payment on a house or some reason why you want to curtail your spending. So then you take out everything you can possibly take out of the budget. You don't go out to dinner, you don't buy clothes, you know, you forego the massage, that kind of thing. And then you've got low budget. Now, a lot of people know about low budget. They think that's the one they're on right now. But let me just suggest there's a third budget everybody needs, and that's the goal budget. Mm. That's high budget. When your dreams are coming true, when you're doing the work you love and getting paid top dollar for it, how much money is that? And what are you going to spend it on? I so, love that. So clear. So yeah. clear. And it's simple, right? It is. 
Absolutely. I, you know, I find it fascinating too, because so many women are afraid of their money and I've done some research and I've heard that even well-earning women who, you know, who are earning traditional high salaries yes. are not managing their money well. So they're, they're not budgeting, right? And they don't have this three-tiered system or they don't have any system and they end up uh, in tremendous debt or, or, you know, not utilizing their money wisely for the long term. So this can help anybody Absolutely. I actually had a man in my class once who made over $700,000 a year. And when we came to the budgeting class, he tried to get out of it. He tried to, <laughs> to quit the class. And of course, I tell everybody in the beginning of my eight-week program, when you hit your issue, that's the class you're going to want to drop out of class. Mm -hmm. And so I just have to chuckle. And I called him up and I said, so what's going on? And I said, it, he said, well, you know, I'm just not feeling it. And I said, well, do you have a budget? He goes, no. Oh, and I said, go. you have plenty of money hanging out in your bank account? And he goes, no. I said, you're married, right? He goes, yeah. I said, how many kids you got? He said, four. I said, do they ask you for money a lot? He goes, yes. I said, and what happens? He says, I give it to them. I said, do you know how much it is? He goes, no. I said, baby, you got to come to budgeting come class. Come to class, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, he was so embarrassed. He told me he had three big bills that came in and he couldn't pay him. And he just couldn't talk to me about it. He was oh. so ashamed. Yeah, yeah. And we well, have to lose the fear exactly. and just say, give me help. I yeah. want to do better. Yeah, there's no shame in asking for help. You know, that's. I think that's a sign of great confidence to be able to ask for help. So I, I hope he came back to class. He did, and I told him, hire a bookkeeper. Yeah. He said, well, I have one that comes once a year. And I said, well, that's not enough, is not it? enough. Yeah, he so needs to know. He got him to come every week and, and got it all done. You don't have to do the grunt work yourself. Exactly. Hire somebody. Exactly. So, yeah. Telly, I'm fascinated by this next concept in the book. You talk about how being in debt can be good for female yes. entrepreneurs. So, you know, most people cringe. They have a visceral reaction to the word debt. So yeah. tell me how it can be good for you, especially if you're a woman entrepreneur. See, that's another thing that all of the financial popular professionals are saying, pay off your debt, get out of debt, live on beans and rice, you know. <laughs> well, when you're starting a business, it's going to take you maybe a year to be profitable. And during that time, you're going to be investing in building your business. You're going to hire professionals to help you with your taxes, with setting your legal corporation up. You're going to be needing uh, a blog. You're going to be needing a website. You're going to be spending money on advertising and marketing and going to networking meetings and paying for the chicken dinner. Right. It's going to cost you. And so you're going to maybe borrow money to do that. You know, Bill Gates didn't start Microsoft on his savings. Right. He borrowed money from the Bank of America. He got partner investors. But women feel very insecure about being on the hook for big money. Uh, if there's a debt there or if they get partners, they want to make sure their partner gets paid back before they even take a salary. Mm-hmm. And it's not appropriate. We have to learn a different way of being as a business person. So, you know, what I'm really hearing is that it's it's our relationship with money that we need to look at more clearly. Yes. 
The relationship is from a person who doesn't have enough money and is trying to do better, but doesn't want to get pay for any advice or pay for marketing or pay for an office before they go into business. And it's a prescription for disaster because you have to broaden your thinking and you have to get more confidence. And one of the things is I think women have to get used to the idea of failure and rejection that they're not bad and they don't mean you were wrong. It's healthy to make mistakes and learn from them. You can always recover. Oh, I love that you said that. You know, I feel so strongly in failing forward and I advise the folks that I coach and that I speak to, anybody that will listen, we need to fail forward fast and often. It's not a badge of shame, right? It should be a badge of honor that we're trying and that we're in the game. I'm telling you, many years ago, I owned a bookkeeping service. I had 13 employees. We were doing half a million in sales. I bought my partners out, and nine months later, the biggest client we had quit and left me holding the bag for loans and rent and everything. And I almost went under. I borrowed a lot of money to keep it going, but eventually it caught up with me. I filed bankruptcy, lost my home to foreclosure. And I will tell you, I was so ashamed. And here I was a financial professional and this was happening to me. But now I regard it as the greatest gift in my life. It gave me compassion for others and an understanding that what I teach works because I worked that program myself. you lived it. Yeah. Yes. You know, thank you for being so candid. You know, I think it's always fascinating. I try to put myself in the chair of the listener or the reader of the book, right, or the person in the conference audience. And I think it's so refreshing when speakers and authors and experts like you share, you know, the the uh, the hurdles that they've overcome. You're real. You know, you've been there, you've done that, and you're sharing this information because you want people to navigate the path easier than you had it, right? Yes. I had to make it up. I had to read millions of books to get all the pieces of the information. And now I just put it all together. And now you're putting it out there. Exactly. Yeah. So, Chelly, one of my favorite chapters in the book is chapter seven, and it's called spousal support, right? So whether it's a husband or a boyfriend or a partner, talk to us about spousal partner support. Yes. I always say spousal support, not the kind that you get when you get divorced, but the kind that if you get it, you don't get divorced. Right. (laughs) So if we're going to be reaching out to become fuller people and in better attitudes towards money and make more money more easily and effortlessly, we got to get our partner engaged in that program too. So we have to sit down and talk with them. You know, what do you think about my becoming a high earning individual? Would you like that? Then I'm going to need some support from you because I'm not going to be cooking and cleaning as much. I'm going to have to hire that done for me and get them on the program and tell them actually what your plan is. And you need to have a business plan. I'm going to be investing this kind of money. I'm going to be investing this much time. It'll probably take me four, six months or a year to be profitable. My contribution is going to be this. And this is what I expect to accomplish when I start becoming profitable. It's going to make this much money and we're going to be living the good life. Are you aboard this train with me? 
I think that's incredibly wise, you know, because it is a journey and, you know, whether it's a partnership or the full on family, whomever, things change. And this is all about clarity of expectations. So thank you for talking about this. We don't talk about this enough. I know. And we need them to not be asking us every week. So are you making money yet? Right. You know, give me six months. Don't ask anything for six months. Exactly. But cheer me on every day or every other day. Exactly. Exactly. So, Chelly, you know, this is a wonderful new year with a brand new book for you. And it's resolution time, right? What are the top resolutions that women are making revolving money this year? Oh, I never do resolutions because those are the things you break. Yeah, true. I do intentions. Oh, tell me more. I love it. Yeah, intentions and goals. Every year on either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, I depending on my party schedule, <laughs> I do my New Year's list of goals that I intend to get. And I write them all as positive affirmations. I'm now earning a great big income doing what makes me happy. I, I bank this much money. You know, I put all the numbers in there. I sell a million copies of From Worried to Wealthy. Why not put, pick the big number? Sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So just go for it. And always on my list of intentions is maintain wonderful relationships with my family and friends. Very good. So you set your priorities. Well done. Yes. Shelly, the book is launching right now. It's such an exciting time. Tell us how we can buy it and how we can follow you online for more information. Well, my website is my first name, Shelly, spelled C-H-E-L-L-I-E.com. And you can get the book at any online vendor or your local bookstore. It's available throughout the country. And... If you get on my website, you can sign up for some free gifts and also get my monthly newsletter. Wonderful. Chelly, what a joy to have you on. And I want to highly recommend From Worry to Wealthy, A Woman's Guide to Financial Success Without the Stress. It's a great read. And what I love about it is it's very practical, right? It gives us really actionable steps that we can put into action today. Absolutely. And I wish you great success, my dear. And I hope our paths cross in person sometime soon. Me too, Carolyn. You're just wonderful. I appreciate your having me on so much. What a joy, my dear. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning into Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. True career and life satisfaction is really possible, and it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.